the Lord. Today is Children's Sunday now. You will join us and sing one action song. Eh? The action song, once you hear leper, you hide. So that the leprosy will not catch you. Are you getting me? Children, let's sing. Attention! By the left, mark time. Left, right. His name was Naaman. His name was Naaman. He was a soldier. He was a captain. He was a brave man. He was courageous. He was a leper. Adults didn't touch now. Once he had leprosy, you touch. His name was Naaman. His name was Naaman. He was a soldier. He was a brave man. Hey, he was courageous. Hey, he was a strong man. Hey, he had a labor. Hey, oh yeah, sit down. Praise the Lord. Adults, you didn't touch the leprosy. In Sunday school, once you hear he was a labor, you dodge. Eh? Leprosy will not get any of us in Jesus' name. But it's just a game. We are just uh, making ourselves happy. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you for another opportunity to stand in your presence to share your word. Lord, as we listen to your word, may you bless our hearts. Encourage us. Help us to obey even as you instruct us on what you want us to do this day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to exercise ourselves in the house of God. Praise the Lord. Our topic today is children, transformation agents. We know that God is the greatest transformer. Am I correct? Yes. So God is the greatest transformer. And we've come in his presence so that he will transform us. I know he will transform us this day in Jesus' name. Our text is taken from 2 Kings chapter 5, from verse 1 to 14. And before I go into the text proper, I want to look at the meaning of some of the key words we met in the topic. In fact, these, these key words we are meeting this morning, children, transformation, agents. When we talk about transformation, I looked at the Oxford Dictionary, Oxford Advanced Learners Dictionary, and I saw transformation there to mean a complete change in somebody or slash in something. I also looked at agents. Agents there means a person whose job is to act or manage the affairs of other people in business, politics, and so on. So with these two um, definitions, I was able to get transformation agent. We know that an adult, a child is somebody who is not yet an adult. At least all of us know that. So if I summarize the two def dictionary definitions, I'll say that an agent of transformation is someone who can manage the affairs of other people's business to bring complete change in somebody or in something. Am I correct? And you know these children, in the house, sometimes you may not feel happy, 
But once they come around, they will do one thing that will make you to ease off. Before you know it, you'll start laughing. Praise the Lord. So in our Bible story today, we are reading the story of Naaman. The Bible said that Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Syria. He was considered a great man by the king and was highly respected because through Naaman, the Lord has given victory to Syria. The Bible also said that he was also a man of courage, but he was a leper. And in verse 2, the Syrians had gone out in the bands as raiders and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel. And she waited in Naaman's wife as a servant. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. During one of their raids, they captured this slave girl. And she was taken to the house of Naaman. She was living there as a captive and a servant. Ordinarily, she should have been bitter and resistant to helping Naaman and his uh, family. Is it not true? But as an agent of transformation, she decided to be a blessing to that home. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. She lived her life in that home. According to what is written in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Can we all go there? Children, I hope you are with your Bibles, your book, and your Bible. Now, let's do the needful. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. I'm using Amplified Bible, Amplified Version. So sometimes it will amplify some things. Ephesians 2.10. We are, remember we are looking at this servant girl, this slave girl. And I said that she was living as we see here in Ephesians 2.10. How is she living her life? She realized that for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking parts which he said, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. That was how this girl lived in Naaman's house. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, one of the most important things to, we do as followers of Christ is our daily work. Is our daily work. God created us. He redeemed us. And sent us into the work. Into the world. To be workers. So the work I do every day matters to God. This girl was in Naaman's house 
And she realized that what she's doing every day in that house matters to God. And she went into her mistress. Madam, please, eh? There is a God. There is a prophet in our place. Oh. Oga can go there. Oh. If Oga go there, they will, in fact, he will heal Oga. Oh. And if we check all through Elisha's ministry, Naaman was the only person Elisha healed. If you go to Luke chapter 4, verse 27, among all the lepers in Israel that time, it was only Naaman. Why did God heal Naaman? Was it because Naaman desired to be healed? Was it the reason this slave girl introduced Naaman to the God of Israel? And Naaman now went to Israel from what we read in the Bible. And where he got there, God healed Naaman. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 3 to 5 that children are the heritage of the Lord. I'm paraphrasing. And blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. In Malachi 2.15, we'll read that one. I just don't want to take our time as such. Let's go to Malachi 2.15. I read it with different versions. Malachi 2.15. In Malachi 2.15, the latter part of Malachi 2.15... Do you know what the Bible said there? The Bible said there that the reason why he made you the husband, the reason why he gave you that wife you are marrying, is so that you will have a godly seed. The Living Bible called it, I looked at the Living Bible, the Living Bible called it godly children. Good News Bible called them children who are truly God's people. Look at your own translation. What did your translation call them? Godly offspring. Children who are truly godly. That means, before a child will become a transformation agent, that child must be godly. I went further to look at Igbo, trans, Igbo version of what this godly seed means. Do you know what Igbo version call it? Ibo version say, Ona cho mpuru nke chineke. Farmers, when you want to plant, do you look for that bad seed? What type of seed do you want? If you can get a grain of corn that will produce 15 at a time, and all of them will be sizable, will you plant it in your farm? Will, uh, um, somebody does dash to you, the one that can produce only one seed, that is a bit sizable. Another one, and another person gave you the one that will produce 15 uh, corn. That 15, what do they call this? Uh, big corn now. The cob. That is big. Which one will you take? Is it the one they dashed you or the one you will buy? The one you will buy that will produce how many? 15. Chineke nacho, nkeya, in that your home. God is not after the type of school you're sending them to. God is not after the type of food you're giving them. God is not after the type of clothes they are wearing. 
God is not after how robust they are. Though, they are important too. If you can afford it, send your children to good schools. But I'm here to tell you this morning is that God is not interested in those things. What is God interested in? Godly seed. Godly offspring. Children that anywhere they are, God will be proud of them that they are his own. He did not give those children to you to claim ownership over them. My children, my children, my children. No. That's not why God gave you those children. God gave you those children to train for him. To raise them the way he wants. If you remember the story of uh, when Moses was picked from the river. The Bible said that when the Moses' daughter, when Pharaoh's daughter saw Moses there, saw the baby crying, she ordered her, her mates to go and get the baskets. And when she saw the baby, Miriam came out. And she demanded Miriam should get a nurse. What did Pharaoh's daughter instruct the nurse to do? Take this child and do what? Nursing for me. God is telling you this morning. You see these children? I have five children. One is in Harvard. The other one is in... Um, God is telling you this morning. Take these children and do what? Nurse them for me. He did not just say nurse them. He has a pattern. He has what? A pattern. You don't raise them the way you want. The command God is giving you this morning. Strictly, you must raise them according to the pattern given to you. God told Moses in Exodus chapter 25 verse 40. In fact, God has finished giving Moses instruction. And you know what God said to Moses? Make sure you, are, you build according to what? The pattern. I am not here to tell you what you like. Oh, but I am telling you what God is saying. You must raise these children according to God's pattern. It's just like <laughs> Mommy Anago is sitting here in the front and she's my friend. I know she loves me so much. Mommy Anago, do you still love me? Children, do you still love me? Praise the Lord. You know, children, if you don't love us, we will not be your friend. So for them to be my friend, I must love them. And they are always quiet too. Children, are you my friends? Will you make noise? Everybody, pay attention to your friend's story. Mommy Aniago is my friend. I love her. I just came to her. Mommy Aniago, I love this, your clothes. Can you lend me these clothes so that I can wear it to an occasion? I borrowed this clothes from her and went to Taylor and mended the clothes. And I wore the clothes. After wearing the clothes, I now decided to take it back to Mommy Aniago. Will she find it funny with me? But that's what most of us do. God gave us these children. Remember he's the owner. He lent the children to you. To do what? To nurse for him. To rest for him according to the pattern he has given to you. You decided on your own to mend these children to your own shape. If you are God and they return these children that way, will you accept them? Will you? Will you? But that's what we do. God is not interested in what you want. God is interested in you following that pattern that he has given to you. 
He said to Moses, make sure you do what? You build according to the pattern. God is demanding this morning that we in our different homes, wherever we find ourselves, to raise these children to be godly. To raise these children, not the way you want, but the way God wants. And when you raise them the way God wants, God will be happy. But when you don't raise them the way God wants, God will just back you. They will grow now to that thing you want, and you will not get them again. By that time, you start looking for prayer houses where they will pray for you because you decided not to build according to the pattern given to you. God is demanding of us this morning to teach these children to study the word of God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 18 verse 19. Genesis chapter 18 verse 19. Sorry, I'm rushing because we don't have time again. In Genesis chapter 18 verse 19, God said there, For I have known, chosen, acknowledged him. God is talking about Abraham here as my own, so that he would teach, not only teach, and command his children and the sons of his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is righteous and just. By doing what? What is righteous and uh, just. God is saying about a man. I know this man, Abraham. I've chosen him. I've acknowledged him that he will do what? Teach. Not only teach, you know, he will command. Sometimes when you talk, um, go and get water for me. The child will do as if he or she did not hear. When you command, what will they do? They will run and get it because they know the outcome. Like my children here, my Sunday school children. I don't flog, I don't give cane. Children, what do, we, what do I give in Sunday school when you make me angry? I give pizza. Pizza. I don't give cane. I give chicken pizza. When I teach and you don't want to obey, I get pizza. And no child will like to eat my pizza. God said, for I know Abraham that he will teach and command his children, not only his biological, and the sons of his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. By doing what is righteous and just. How do you command your family to do what is righteous and just? How do you teach these children? Do you teach them to study this word? Do you teach them to pray? Do you teach them to have a personal conviction of their faith? To be contented with this God that we are serving. Do you know there is, there is contentment in serving God? This our God is great. He's a big God. He's the one that answers prayers. He's the awesome God. And this slave girl in Naaman's house, though a captive, 
she, she was contented with this God of Israel. That was why she told her, Madam, I know a prophet in Israel. I know something good must come out. Parents, teach your children. Parents, command your children to love God. Command your children to live righteous. Command your children to be just. Teach them to be contented with their God. Teach them to be contented with what they have. Teach them that they must not follow after every fashion they see. Teach them that they must not do what they see others doing. Let them follow those things they learned from home. Teach them. When you teach them in the morning, when you teach them in the afternoon, when you teach them in the evening, and back them up with your prayers, I know God will help them. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 to 9, the Bible says there, teach in the morning, teach in the afternoon, teach in the night, write it everywhere, let it be known. In our family, we don't do this. In our house, we don't follow what others are following. In our house, we don't join friends to do the wrong thing. Our parents, my parents, they've taught me to live a righteous life, to be just wherever I am. We saw the drama now. Angel, did Angel start that day to live a righteous life? She did not. She has been taught from home. She grew up with it. And from time to time, call the children. Tell them stories. Do you know that eh? in this family, like my grandmother of the blessed memory, may her soul rest in peace. My grandmother told me something when I got admission in the university. She called me. Mwam eh? That child will not prosper. That word, my grandmother died in 1999. Not today, how many years ago? But that word still sticks in my memory. I've, I kept it to heart. Teach your children. Call, intentionally call them. You know when you are raising children, you must be intentional. Call them. Tell them your family traditions. We don't follow others to do the right thing. When you teach them, God commanded you must teach them. When you teach them, back them up with uh, prayers. Not only when you teach them, you that is teaching them, live out the faith. It's not you, we teach them, we don't do this, we don't do that. But the child is seeing you doing those things. Children will learn more what you see you do. I watched one video clip. One woman was preparing for a party. And she wore clothes that was turned from here to here. How many of you saw that video clip? Some time ago. And before she could, she was still dressing in her room. Her child entered her own room, brought razor, tore her own from here to here. And the woman started shouting. Did the child do any bad thing? She did what she saw her mother doing when you teach them you live out that faith teach them to study the word of god you study the word of god teach them to pray you pray teach them contentment you be contented teach them to be committed to god you be committed to god we learn more from what we see you do when we look at second timothy chapter 1 verse 5 let's look at second timothy chapter 1 verse 5 Apostle Paul met this young man called Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. In fact, let me start from 3. 
Paul was thanking God. Okay, two. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace, and spiritual well-being from God, the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I thank God when I worship and I serve God whom I worship and serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you. Who is he remembering? Timothy. As I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. Four. And as I recall your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I remember, I'm now in five. I remember your sincere and unqualified faith. The surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ. With confident trust in his power, wisdom and goodness. A faith which first lived in the heart of who? Your grandmother, Lois. And your mother, Eunice. And I am confident that it is in you as well. Where did that faith start from? From grandma. And from grandma it entered who? Mom. Mother. And from mom it entered uh, Timothy. When you are teaching, live out the good life. If you've not lived in the good, good life before now, God will help you from today to turn a new leaf, to change, to be a positive example, so that you will raise godly seeds. I don't believe any parent here would like to come to the police station to release his or her child, that the child committed one crime or the other. Will anybody like that? No. So you live out the life. When you live out this life, inspire these children to live for greater things. When we have instructed our children and faithfully walked in the way of the Lord as examples, do not hold them back when God calls them. Inspire them to live for purposes beyond this life. Inspire them. Encourage them to be part of the great commission. Encourage them. Sometimes ask them, did you preach to any of your classmates today? Did you? How many of them did you preach to? Hey, when they're going in the morning, you finish putting those snacks. Remember the great commission. Remember to preach to one person in the class and come back and tell me the story. Intentionally ask them, hey, what about the person you preached to the other day? I hope that person is still standing for the Lord. You are indirectly teaching that person the work of uh, evangelism. And before you know it, friends, we know that's your child. When they want to commit crime, they will not come near that child to plan that crime. And it will be very, very easy for that child to stand wherever he or she finds himself or herself. Inspire them. Encourage them. We are not discipling, the, we are not dis, they are discipling these young children for ourselves. No. You are discipling them for the battle of their souls. They are arrows in the hand of the mighty. You are discipling them to be arrows in God's hands that will contend with the enemy at the gates. 
when we look at some characters in the Bible, I'll start first of all with our Lord Jesus Christ. Children, praise the Lord. All stand. Luke 2, 52. Are you tired? Okay, I will not sing again. Luke 2, 52. Okay, because I didn't say left, right? Children, left, right. Left, right. Forward, march. Luke 2, 52. Luke 2, 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom. And Jesus grew in stature. And Jesus grew in favor with God and man. Luke 2, 52. Should I sing again? Okay, you now want us to sing. Luke 2, 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom. And Jesus grew in stature. And Jesus grew in favor with God and man. Luke 2, 52. Okay, sit down. So when we look at Luke chapter 2 verse 52, the Bible said that Jesus grew in what? Wisdom. Did the mother just, when she finished giving birth, she said, hey, after all, the angel said, the angel said, the angel appeared to me. Did she raise Jesus that way? She did her work. She was intentional. Be intentional. The Bible said Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus grew in stature. He grew in favor with God and with man. And do you know what Jesus said? He said in John chapter 4 verse uh, 34, My meat is to do the will of him who sent me. And do what? Accomplish it. Let's look at another character. So what is your child's meat? Have you taught your child? Parents, Nigeria, corruption, this, this, that. The other day we were in the office. Hey, we were telling stories in our secondary school days. Hey, try and come late. Your pre- our principal dealt with us. Eh? She will flog you and flog you and after flogging you, she will give you cutlass. You will enter and cut and cut and cut. And the next day you wake early so that you won't go to school. Now, if your children go to school late and the teacher is telling them, hey, you drop your back. No, 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 I'm the one that made them late. No, 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 no. Was that how you were raised? Was that how you were raised? We tried to, after the creation of state, we went to Anambra. We, in fact, at that time, even if they give me money for transport, I will not enter transport because where the bus will stop you, eh? is equivalent to the trek. So better for me to start from home to trek. I will leave school later at 6.30. Thank God my mother is here. Later at 6.30. And we'll get to school around 7.20, 7.30. Almost one hour trek. I my, and my brother. And as you're trekking, you're running so that you won't go to school late. You, after trekking now, you are raising your own. No, you wake them up by 6 o'clock. You prepare everything for them. That time you wake up and prepare your food. But now you will do everything for them. You are giving them soft life. 
you are teaching them that everything is easy. Hey, by the time they grow up now, they want soft life. Now, is it not true? Hey, if the friend is introducing, to, introducing him to Yahoo, Yahoo, it's a soft life. Money will just come with ease. And teach your children. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and man because the parents, they raised him. Look at this slave girl we read about this morning. Though a captor, she remembered the way she was raised up and she maintained it in that house and she became a blessing. No wonder her act was recorded in the Bible. Was she the only captive then? Was she the only captive living in people's house? But her act was recorded. Why? Because she was taught. <laughs> Parents, let's intentionally teach these children. When we look at somebody like Timothy, we see what Paul said about Timothy. The faith in you, which, were, which first dwelt in your grandmother. And I am sure, I am sure, I am confident that it is in you as well. When we look at another person like uh, Joash, I decided to go to Old Testament to pick a character there too, apart from the slave girl. In Sunday school, we used to read the story of Joash. Joash was seven years old when he became the king. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord because Joiada the priest instructed him. When Ataliah taught she was the only person that she has killed everybody. She didn't know that Josiah was hidden in the temple. And when they brought Josiah out at age seven, seven years, imagine how small he was. Josiah, because somebody has instructed him, remember the nurse, Josiah was eager to follow what Jehoiada the priest is instructing him to do. And he followed Jehoiada's uh, instruction. And the Bible said he did what was right in the sight of the Lord as long as Jehoiada was there uh, alive. How often do we teach these children to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord? Co-parents, I'm concluding. Co-parents, guardians, brothers, sisters, friends, God is looking up to us. God is demanding from us that we nourish these children. Not just physical nourishment, also spiritual nourishment. That we nurture these children. That we admonish these children. He wants to transform them to what he wants them to be. God's desire is to transform these children to be sharp to tell arrows. According to Message Bible, I read Isaiah chapter 41, verse 15. He said, Out of earthworms, out of these things you don't regard as anything, God will make sharp to tell arrows. God will make a new threshing instrument, a new and sharp to tell threshing instrument to tear down the enemies apart, making chaff of mountains, according to the Living Bible. I used the Living Bible to read this last uh, translation of Isaiah 41 verse 15. He wants to use them. But he's looking up to you. 
<laughs> of course, you can't give what you don't have. If you don't have Jesus in your life, all these things I'm, I said this morning are needless to you because you don't have Jesus. But if you can ask Jesus this morning to come into your heart as a mother, it's not too late to. If you start with Jesus today, Jesus will start with you today. Jesus and we're age brackets, those that he will start with. He's looking up to you. He's beckoning on you to come. My fellow parents, will you come to Jesus? Children, if that slave girl did not know about Jesus from her mommy's house, when she preached to Naaman's wife, you must have Jesus in your life. Oh. If you don't have Jesus in your life, there is opportunity here today for you to give your life to Jesus. Um, two weeks ago, I rushed a child here on admission to children emergency on Saturday evening. Another person came on Sunday evening. On Monday evening, I came back to get our folder because we were referred to the world. I saw the man carrying carton. I said, where is my son? He did like this. That the son is dead. That he's now inside the carton. So children can die. Adults can die. That Saturday too, I met many of our medical students there at the emergency. That a student was playing and slumped and there died. So anybody can die. I'm not saying it to scare you. But you don't know when it will happen. I pray nobody here will die. But if you die now without Jesus, you are going nowhere. So I want you to close your eyes as you want to pray. Open your heart to Jesus. Invite Jesus into your heart. As you invite Jesus into your heart, He will come in. He will dine with you. He's beckoning on you. He's standing at the door of your heart, knocking, telling you, my daughter, my son, Open up your hearts and I will come in as I invite our chaplain to pray. Children and adults alike, the world is not just for the children alone, but for all of us. If the word of God has pricked your conscience this day, reminding you that there is still something not right between you and God. There are still some issues that are still hindering that relationship of father and child. This is the time to bring it to the Lord by first of all accepting that this our God is true. That his son Jesus Christ came into this world to die for our sin and for our salvation and has opened up the floodgates of salvation unto those that believe. I may not call you up here, but I want you to make a personal prayer, asking the Lord that you are telling him that you are sorry, that on your own you can do nothing, that you accept this free gift that he is given unto everyone who accept Christ, as his Lord and his or her Lord and personal Savior. I cleanse you from all unrighteousness and will remove a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh.
Ask the Lord that you want a new relationship with him. A relationship where he will take control of everything concerning you. Your thought pattern, your action, your inaction. Children, even you, you are not an exemption. The scripture has made us to know that even children did what we are right in the hand in the eyes of the Lord in the scriptures. There are children that know the Lord from their cradle even unto adulthood. As you pray that prayer, I want you to say this prayer after me in your heart. Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning asking you to accept me unto your soldiers here on earth to make me a member of the soldiers of cross. That you take my life and let it be an acceptable one unto you to function according to your instruction. Many things that has been hindering me before now that in your mercy you will clean and expunge. Rewrite my name into the book of life and delete my name from the book of death and give me a new life in you. That the Holy Spirit will come into my life and take possession and be my director to be my teacher to be my guardian to be my all in all. For in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. In Jesus' name. Lord God, we thank you because your word has gone forth once again. Father Lord, this word achieve its, will achieve its purpose in our lives in Jesus' name. That we will live according to your will. That Lord God, nothing... No power of the enemy, no environmental factor will take us away where your grace will get to us. That will be among the number when the trumpet blows. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for your daughter that refused to minister unto us this morning. Father, Lord God, as she has ministered unto your congregation, Father, we ask that you minister unto her, in her family, in her career, in everything that concerning her, and that she will remain standing for you all the days of her life. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. He gave us eyes to see.